Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. America's drug epidemic is the deadliest it's ever been, especially in San Diego. Officials say San Diego fentanyl-related deaths are increasing exponentially with nearly 700 deaths this year and some victims as young as 16 years old. On the line to tell us more is local San Diego substance abuse expert Scott Silverman, author of The Opioid Epidemic and a former addict himself. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me today. Scott, start by telling us what is fentanyl? Fentanyl is a medication that was originally created in a liquid form, generally through IVs, primarily for cancer patients who had extreme pain issues and other medications just weren't effective enough. And that's really what it was originally created for. And it was one of those medications that the pharmaceutical community, the consumer knew if you ever, if you were ever going to get it, my most people didn't know what it was, was actually being administered at hospital level. So that's kind of where it started. How deadly is it? It is 100 times stronger than morphine and 50 times more potent than heroin. So that'll give you an idea that when you, when you Google fentanyl, there's a little picture of a uh, copper penny, and there's a little tiny white speck, tiny. I mean, it's actually as small as, the, as a pinpoint, not a pinhead, but a pinpoint. And they say that much given to the average person can cause them to overdose. And if there's no way to reverse the overdose, they can die. So that's how potent it is. And how quickly can an overdose occur? A matter of moments once it's in somebody's body. If someone's predisposed or they're getting a dose of it through counterfeit medication or they're taking other things with it, it can happen almost immediately. It's not one of those things that takes a little while. It usually happens right away. Why are people taking it? You know, that's a great question, and I don't think there's actually an easy answer for it. But I think what's happening is, is we're seeing fentanyl laced in other medications, you know, like marijuana, for example, in vaping pipes, mixed with cocaine, mixed with heroin. And I think people are taking other medications that has fentanyl in it. And unbeknownst to them, because there's no quality assurance, if you will, with street drugs, they're actually, if they're predisposed or they're sensitive to it, other things are going on in their body, they're overdosing and they're dying. And you'll hear about these kids, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, they go to a party, you hear 8, 10, 12, 15 people overdose, and 8 or 9 of them die. And there's really, you know, it's a scary situation, because really what fentanyl is in today's world, in my opinion, it's poison. 
It's not even a drug that gets you high the way it's coming out and being manufactured by, you know, street distributors and other, you know, providers of the medication. Because counterfeit medication is just that. It comes to skies, for example, Xanax was one of the big ones. It looks like Xanax. You know, it's made to look like Xanax, but it has fentanyl put in it. And the reason is, in my opinion, is it's a lot more addictive. So it, technically, if you think about it from a business perspective, you're making a product that gets your consumer addicted immediately, you're bound to increase sales. And what I find also fascinating is I know a, a lot of stories about drug manufacturers locally. I'm not even talking to big cartels or China or other main manufacturers of the actual ingredients that goes into fentanyl or methamphetamine, but local drug distributors who could buy the materials on the dark web they, they say when they get busted, because I've heard the stories from, you know, the law enforcement experts, it's good for their business when somebody overdoses and it makes the news. So think about that for a second. It's good for their business when their consumer overdoses and dies. Because mm-hmm. for every person they might lose as a consumer, they may gain another 30 to 50 people who now became aware of that drug that weren't aware of it before that might be seeking it out. And who is taking this drug? Is it just people with drug addictions? You know, it's fascinating. Most of the stories you hear about people who overdose, because people who are, like, for example, myself, who, you know, is, you know in long-term recovery, and I, I used to be a you know, former light, unlicensed pharmacist, we, we understand, generally speaking, what we're taking. And, and we also have a, a sense of awareness that the average person may not have because it's a practice that we make part of our life, if you will, while we're under the influence or, you know, we're, we're abusing substances. So the average person who's consuming, especially at high school or college level, you know, or, or younger adults, is they're usually, there's a, there's a theme now, it's called a Skittle party, Vicki, where you go to a party and you bring in your favorite medication or drug or marijuana or alcohol, whatever it is, and the pills go into a bowl. At a certain time of the night, you know, metaphorically, somebody, you know, rings a bell and everybody goes to the bowl and grabs something. So these counterfeit medications, these overdoses are actually called accidental overdoses. Somebody who's actually taking something that they're not aware has been cut with fentanyl. And they only find out later, A, if they survive, or B, they lose a friend to it. They realized whatever was going around that party that night. So that's why we're seeing so many young people impacted by it. There's a study that just came out recently that stated 18 to 45-year-old males, the number one killer right now is fentanyl. Mm. Think about that. The number one killer from 18 to 45-year-old males and I think it came out from the CDC. I'm not sure exactly where, but I just saw it two days ago. I haven't even had a chance. I glanced over it. But that's a scary thought. When you think about all the other things that have been around, you know, from HIV to tobacco to alcohol to suicide, but right now fentanyl has just hit the top of the charts for 18 to 45-year-old males across this country. What are the symptoms of fentanyl poisoning? Usually it's an overdose. I mean, what happens is the breathing stops, the heart stops, and people expire. I mean, it's pretty direct. It's not one of those things like a flu. Then a couple of hours later, you don't feel well, and then you go to sleep and don't wake up. Usually it's pretty immediate, especially if it's being dosed in a way that's being mixed with other counterfeit medication. Because you may be taking Xanax and taking fentanyl at the same time, unbeknownst to the person who's consuming it, and those two things together 
can become uh, an inflammatory situation as well. I'm speaking with San Diego substance abuse expert Scott Silverman, author of The Opioid Epidemic. Is there a way to tell if a product has been laced with fentanyl or not? That's another great question, and it's interesting. There was a story the local newspaper put out about four months ago about a homeless person who admitted that they were a methamphetamine addict, meaning they were consuming methamphetamine on a daily basis. And this is how smart this guy was. He was actually testing his methamphetamine to make sure there was no fentanyl in it. So, yes, there is a way to test for fentanyl. And, you know, you, you, you move the powder into a solution, and then the, the, on the color chart, it'll tell you if there's fentanyl in it or not. I mean, I know that, you know, we as a substance use uh, drug provider of treatment, we test all the time, but we send our, our tests, uh, urine tests out to a laboratory who scans it. But yes, there are ways to test for it. And what's happening now, you know, is the only antidote, if you will, or the reversal medication is a medication called naloxone. Naloxone is put into a dispensary nasal spray called Narcan. You've probably heard of that. It's mm-hmm. a big conversation nationally. And they are able to produce an an immediate reversal for somebody who has opioids in their system. And that's law enforcement's carrying it now. The EMTs are carrying it now. First responders are carrying it now. Some schools are starting to talk about carrying it, having it available. And people who sit in an emergency uh, departments have obviously uh, Narcan. They've always had access to injections, but Narcan's a spray. Anybody can get it. It's not quite over the counter yet, but it's coming soon. And I know that Arcan, the company I've spoken with them, they, they give it to as many schools as they can, so it's available, but schools have a hard time dispensing anything like that. But the good news about that particular product, naloxone, it won't do anything bad to anybody. Even if you gave it to somebody accidentally thinking they were overdosing, it won't cause harm is what they're saying. How many fatalities have occurred from fentanyl in San Diego County? That number is a good number. I know that we're up over... Um, good question to ask because I don't know the actual hard number, but here's what I know nationally because I I try to look at the whole landscape and I deal very closely with the Prescription Drug Abuse Task Force here in San Diego, the criminal justice system here. We're closely with the DA and the Opioid Task Force and, of course, the treatment provider and a guy in long-term recovery. I've got my ear in a bunch of different rooms at a lot of different meetings and a lot of listservs and I'm on a lot of Zooms talking about prevention, education, and informing families. I also run a nonprofit called Safe Homes Coalition, which is mission is to help educate families on how to remove unsafe and unused medication from the home. So right now the national number is about 275 per day, per day across the country. And we just hit the 100,000 mark in one year, according to CDC a couple of months ago. And that's up from about, I believe, 78,000 from the year before. So it's growing exponentially. San Diego has just exceeded, I think you used the number 700, over 600% more than last year. And that was from, I believe, April to April for the CDC numbers, uh, Center for Disease Control. San Diego, I think, went to fiscal year June. But what's fascinating, Vicki, is the data, it all comes from the medical examiner now. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. Here's this horrible drug, poison, that's killing our children, our neighbors, our loved ones, our people we care for. And the only way we can really get hard data is from the medical examiner. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. the only way, but... It's conclusive. And what's interesting is that 275 people per day expiring from overdoses. We're talking just opioids now. We're not talking methamphetamine or alcohol or suicide or DUIs or car crashes or other things. We're talking just opioids, street drugs, prescription drugs, 
275 people a day, 100,000 a year. And according to the experts, if you will, the people that are really advocates for change and finding ways to improve and harm reduction and medication-assisted treatment will tell you that if it wasn't for Narcan reversing the overdoses, that 275 number would be north of 600 a day. And not everybody has access to it. And it's only because they just don't have the knowledge yet because it's a smaller company. And that's all they make is Narcan. They're working on getting it out there to everybody that wants it. Why do you think these fentanyl-related deaths are spiking in San Diego? Easy to get a hold of, inexpensive to purchase. And because the if you take the perfect storm, what's going on with the quarantine, and, and you know now we're going to be going back to masking and social distancing again, what's happening, I think people are looking to self-medicate in a way they never have before. And, you know, when you're taking a Xanax, no big deal. You're taking a Valium, no, it's no big deal. You're, you know, and some people are thinking about, I heard a story last week, they're putting it in, you know, mixing it with to look like vitamin C, because you can get a pill maker to say whatever you want to say on it, and then you, or you can just buy capsules online and put whatever powder you want in it. And I think it's just become a major accelerant for kids today is to self-medicate because, schools different than it was we're online with a lot of different things that we're doing and everybody's home a lot more and we can't go out and do the things that we normally would do and the world seems to be kind of upside down right now and i don't think most people have the coping skills to deal with it yet but no one does i mean even even the behavioral health experts can't tell you exactly what to do in this environment they can give you ideas and suggestions but no one's lived this and no one's ever seen anything like this and i think in the world So we're dealing with some uncharted territory right now. I think that's contributing to it. I'm speaking with substance abuse expert Scott Silverman, author of The Opioid Epidemic. So you would say the pandemic has worsened the opioid crisis? I would say that not only has it worsened the opioid crisis, it's increased alcohol consumption up over 75%. And that was a, a data point that came up a year ago. Every major medication, street drug, methamphetamine, cocaine, crack is up significantly. And alcohol consumption's up domestic violence is up, child abuse is up. Every negative behavior that we have societally right now is up dramatically because you know, when you think about domestic violence, for example, or, or child abuse, when a disenfranchised family or a family has got a lot of friction or there's a lot of untreated trauma or someone's acting out or there's PSC, whatever the issue is, the child would go to school and have some vessel to speak to somebody or the teacher or counselor would see something that's not right sit with a child and get a story and find out, and they could do something about it. That was lost during COVID, when you think about it. So Mm -hmm. the fact that people are home more, the the stressors are greater, businesses have closed, and then, of course, if you look at the the morbidity rate of people that are dying from COVID by itself, how many millions of people have been impacted by a loss of life and loved ones? So, again, perfect storm is, I think, the word I used earlier in our interview, and I think that's what's going on today. I mean, it's just, it's, it's scary because as a human race, we don't have the tools yet on what to do with all of this. And, and it's the, the, unfortunately, the negative side is overwhelming people in such a way that when they go to process or they go to find ways to fix it, they're heading in a, in a direction that may be uncharted and they're taking risks that they maybe wouldn't take in the past. What conversations should parents be having with their teens about substance abuse? My suggestion to families, you know, as a, as a family navigator and a crisis coach and interventionist, what I tell families is, you know, first of all, the stigma is horrible right now with, with what's going on. And we should have the conversations on a regular basis, just like we're talking about global warming and we're talking about putting the right kind of foods in our body. And 
whether we're lactose intolerant or not, or, you know, how are things going with your hair loss or the nail biting, whatever it might be, we should have these conversations. But one of the things I really suggest that parents should be doing that's really hard to do is just be quiet and listen, meaning ask your child. Say, you know, I'm hearing these things. Can you tell me about it? So go to them for information because they are an information highway. And kids have been on the Internet. You know, that's a whole other issue for another day in the last couple of years. And, and the Internet addiction has risen to a point that I'm – out of every 10 phone calls I'm getting, two of those right now, I'd say 20%, are about families who have kids that will not set their phone, iPad, or computer down because through being at home – They've spent more time on it, and they've got this level of connectivity that's really unusual. So I ask parents and suggest they just try to listen. So start a conversation rather than point to, you know, that's dangerous. Don't go there. You shouldn't do this because those are what I call trigger words or shame-based words or uncomfortable words. And you let your child just talk. And if they're not making sense to you, just ask them to tell you more. And not only by listening – and staying quiet, you're going to watch their body language, you're going to see their behavior, and the child's going to get someone who's listening to them, who normally would be telling them what to do and how to do it. And if you don't have experience with something like this, you need to get on the phone and call somebody like myself and talk to them about what next steps might look like with a child rather than trying to hug them to wellness because this is a sensitive track. And if you use trigger words and it gets inflammatory and the kids decide to get more clandestine with their behavior or they're hiding what they're doing because they realize that mom and dad are trying to pull the covers on them, they'll hide it. They will camouflage their behavior. They'll go deeper underground. They'll share less. And unfortunately, you know, as a parent, I never want to get that phone call at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, this is officer so-and-so. We've, we're here. We found your daughter. They were involved with, you know, fill in the blank. And with, you know, 100,000 people overdosing a year, trust me, I I can't even imagine what it would be like to lose a child. And I talk with families about it all the time. So my suggestions are stay informed, get educated, and encourage your kids to make informed decisions so they're not left with peer pressure that puts them in a situation where they're taking something that potentially could take their life. If someone is concerned that a loved one may be using drugs, how can they find resources available to them? Our county has crisis hotlines. You can always call 211. You can always call me at 619-993-2738. I'll help guide you. You know, if I can't help you, I'll find someone who does. But the county's got 24-hour hotline that you can call, and it's generally staffed. 211 is staffed. And if you have a crisis going on, make the phone call. Don't wait. Just, don't, you know, 3 o'clock on a Saturday, you're, you're feeling like, oh, my God, I'm really concerned. Don't wait till Monday. Get on one of the crisis hotlines. And if you go on the county, just Google County, San Diego County hot, you know, crisis hotline, you'll find a phone number or just dial 211. Obviously, if this is an emergency, you know, don't even hesitate. Call 911 and get the professionals out there as quickly as possible to help you. I've been speaking with San Diego substance abuse expert Scott Silverman, author of The Opioid Epidemic. Is there anything else you want us to know? We've spoken a few minutes now, and when I think about my area of subject matter expertise, it's a little scary. I mean, could you imagine taking a long trip in a motorhome with a guy like me? What You know, I, I have other interests mm-hmm. as well, thank God. But I, I do want to present a couple of things. One, I'm in long-term recovery, which means it does work. Uh, there's always hope and there's always help out there. There are a lot of experts in our community, because I know a lot of them personally, who are working really hard, like I am and others, to reduce the stigma, to get access to treatment, and to know that the disease of addiction is very similar to the disease of like diabetes. 
Nobody chooses it. It's totally treatable. And there are experts out there that are willing to help guide and get you stewarded and pointed in the right direction. You're going to have to do a lot of the footwork. But on the other hand, we have to do it for nutritional reasons. We have to do it for fitness reasons. We have to do it for biking, most hobbies. Even if you want to be an artist, it takes practice. And that's all it really is. And it's not that hard. So I just want to remind people there is hope. There is help. And there are people out there that are waiting to try to do that with you. And you don't have to do this alone. And reminding people the three hardest words in the English language, in my opinion, to say out loud are, I need help. Mm. And don't be afraid to ask for it because it's out there. Tell us again how we can reach you. Simple. Google me, Scott H. Silverman. Call me, 619-993-2738. That's 619-993-2738. And you know what? Text me, call me, no matter what's on your mind. If I can't help you, I'll help point you in the right direction. You can go on to my website, yourcrisiscoach.com, and take my book, The Opioid Epidemic, it is basically a step-by-step guide as a family of what you can do next to get answers to your questions and your concerns. And don't be afraid to reach out for help and know that you're not alone. And again, there's always a way to find hope and help, but you have to be willing to take the first step. Thank you so much for talking with us today, and here's to a happy and healthy new year. And you as well. Thank you. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.